Hello, I'm Dango Rose, and you're listening to the Mountaineer Podcast in conjunction with the Mountaineer Newspaper, the voice of the peak to peak online and in print. Brought to you by Mountain Vale Media. Now, listen in for the show. Is the Mountain Ear Podcast, and I'm Marianne Rosen, bringing you stories, history, or lore from or about the mountains you live in. The Wild West, our Old West, includes and embraces the history and folklore associated with westward expansion. It began in the early 19th century and did not end until the beginning of the 20th. The legends and historical events of this era have immersed themselves into U.S. culture. The Old West and Frontier Era are a place in time which have come to define America. The term Wild West was used due to violent conflicts arising from encroaching settlements into frontier land, the removal of native tribes, vigilantism, and the attempted enforcement of laws. Upon outlaws. Central to the myth and reality were the American cowboy, miners, loggers, and frontiersmen. Another group were women. White women were less restricted in the West and had far more freedoms. Minorities did not have the same freedoms, and indigenous women were forced onto reservations. Chinese women immigrated to work in laundries, inns, saloons, or mining camps. Unfortunately, some were sold to those camps or were forced into the sex trade. Some women worked in brothels. However, many filled the roles of wives and mothers. Gungslingers also played a crucial part in the myth of the Wild West, along with the lawmen attempting to enforce rules. The image of the Wild West is filled with countless gunfights. This mythical lore was based on repeated and exaggerated tales. More episodic than common, these gunfights usually happened in the heat of the moment or because of long-standing feuds between bandits and lawmen. The most famous of these gunfights in the history of the Old West was the gunfight at the O.K. Corral. Although it actually took place down the street from the O.K. Corral, its name has become synonymous with that place. This legendary gunfight in 1881 in Tombstone lasted less than a minute and left three dead and three wounded. The fight took place between the town's U.S. Marshal Virgil Earp, along with his brothers, lawmen Wyatt and Morgan Earp, and their friend, Doc Holliday, and a group of outlaws known as the Cowboys, led by Billy Claiborne, Ike and Billy Clanton, and Tom and Frank McLaurie. When the dust settled, Morgan and Virgil Earp and Doc Holliday were wounded, and both McLaurie's and Billy Clanton were dead. The Earp brothers claimed self-defense. The Cowboys claimed they were shot at after they had surrendered. To this day, no one really knows what really happened. 
fallout from this fight, which was caused by Virgil Earp's decision to enforce a city ordinance prohibiting carrying weapons into town and his wanting to disarm the cowboys, included the Earps and Doc Holliday being charged but acquitted of murder, of Virgil Earp being ambushed and maimed at a later date, Morgan Earp being killed in a different shooting, and Wyatt Earp taking matters into his own hands in a personal vendetta ending in his shooting one of the cowboys. Another reason for gunfights in the Wild West was duels, fought to uphold personal honor. We have, however, been programmed by the amplified narratives of the Old West told over time. Books, movies, music, performers, and TV shows have played major roles as well in our perception. Buffalo Bill's Wild West show featuring Wild Bill Hickok, Geronimo, Annie Oakley, to name a few, was most effective in popularizing the Old West. Buffalo Bill is buried here in Colorado in Lookout Mountain Park. Eastern writers and artists like Owen Wistard, Will Henry, Larry McMurtry, Thomas Moran, and Frederick Remington promoted and celebrated Western lore. Songs such as The Wild Wild West, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, Don't Take Your Guns to Town, and I Shot the Sheriff, among others, all had Wild West themes. It was movies and TV shows that probably had the most to do with showing an incorrect and skewed history of the past, especially with regards to the life and treatment of Native tribes and the idealization of gunslingers and lawmen. Movies such as No Country for Old Men, The Good, The Bad and the Ugly, High Noon, Unforgiven, Gunfight at the OK Corral, and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, along with TV shows like Have Gun, Will Travel, Gunsmoke, The Rifleman, Cheyenne, Wagon Train, The Virginian, and Wanted Dead or Alive all went a long way in glamorizing the Old West and gunfights. Although still prevalent, the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s were big decades for these types of Western shows. The reputations of both fictional and real outlaws were enhanced. James Wesley Harden, Jesse James, Billy the Kid, Bell Star, the Dalton Gang, Butch Cassidy, whose first bank robbery was in Telluride, and Tom Horn, buried in Boulder, all gained fame and notoriety through movies and TV. An interesting aside is that the last member of Butch Cassidy's Wild Bunch did not die until 1961. And then there is another main character that rose to celebrity because of the many forms of media, and that is the lawman, the sheriff, the deputy, the marshal. The U.S. Marshals were created by the first Congress when the Judiciary Act of 1789 was enacted. They yielded extensive authority until the mid-20th century. Marshals hired their own deputies and most sheriffs. Federal marshals still have the responsibility to enforce federal laws, 
are orders issued by the court. They continue to protect federal witnesses and are used in hostages and terrorist situations. Enforcement of court-ordered desegregation fell within their purview. They are perhaps best known now as protection on aircraft after 9-11. The Marshall's five-sided star is our country's oldest emblem of federal law enforcement. Also well-known is the Marshall's motto, Justice, Integrity, Service, which became synonymous with the Wild West as they made history in many lawless frontier towns. Several fictional lawmen gained fame. The Virginian, a mysterious officer who moved to the Wyoming Territory and upheld law and order in the small town of Medicine Bow. Lucas McCain, the rifleman, who protected citizens against outlaws and ruthless desperados. Marshal Zane Cooper, who never looked for trouble, but it always found him. And Matt Dillon of Gunsmoke, who with Deputy Marshal Chester Good, Doc Adams, and brothel owner Miss Kitty maintained law and order in George City, just to name a few. There were also many real-life marshals who gained celebrity. Wild Bill Hickok, James Dodson, William Pinkerton were just some, along with Wyatt Earp, who fled to Colorado after the infamous shootout at the O.K. Corral. He spent much of his time in Gunnison, Silverton, Denver, and various mining camps. Doc Holliday was another real-life lawman who came to Colorado after that same gunfight at the O.K. Corral. He was arrested again in Colorado after once more coming to the defense of Wyatt Earp. Lawman Bat Masterson helped him to avoid charges. Holliday then spent most of the rest of his time in Leadville. Speaking of Bat Masterson, he was another celebrated lawman. He was a U.S. Marshal who was appointed in 1892 and served in Trinidad, Colorado. He did, after several scandals, move to Dodge City, but eventually moved back to Colorado. Although myth has it that Masterson was involved in many gunfights, he was actually only entangled in four, including, though, one with Billy the Kid in Temple, Houston. He also crossed paths with Butch Cassidy. The last mention of a lawman who gained notoriety in tales and lore goes to Jesse Benton. Benton was a Colorado lawman in the 19th century. He arrived in the state during the Pikes Peak Gold Rush and opened a quartz mill in Blackhawk in 1860. He was considered a superb marksman and although he was involved in 21 shooting scrapes, he managed to never be hit or be wounded. Benton served for 30 years. Unfortunately, he also fought under Colonel John Chivington as a member of the Colorado Volunteer Cavalry and was involved in the unwarranted and horrific attack at Sand Creek. He ended moving up to Ure and became their first city marshal. 
For all of the romanticizing of the old Wild West, the outlaws, and the marshals, the reality is that most were not outsized. They were ordinary people. Marshals working in the frontier and mining towns had the everyday, normal lives of the time with family and friends and were not all immortalized in film or media. Over the years, 400 marshals, though, have been killed in the line of duty. Most were not cut down by the sensationalized, intense gunfights associated with the West. The first marshal to lose his life in the line of duty in Colorado was from right here in the Peak to Peak. Robert Clark came to Blackhawk, a mining community that had sprung up around 1854 during the Pikes Peak Gold Rush to work as a miner. By 1863, he had, however, become a constable. Clark was elected city marshal in 1864 and served for six years until 1869. Clark was remembered as, and I quote, one of Gilpin County's best citizens and the best marshal Colorado ever had. He was a man of correct habits, honest, industrious, and universally esteemed. End quote. The Black Hawk Marshal had a reputation for being fearless and persistent. Enter the Outlaws. In 1869, two brothers, James and Thomas Kramer, were hauling a load of flour from Belmont, Colorado, through the town of Central City, a gold rush town burrowed in the mountains west of Denver. The team of horses struck a chicken coop near the Lafayette restaurant. A cook from the restaurant complained, whereupon he was beaten by the brothers, who then continued on their way. An arrest warrant was issued and given to Central City Constable Peter P. Herbert, who then sought the assistance from Black Hawk City Marshal Robert A. Clark. The two lawmen pursued the Cramer brothers and found their wagon and horses near a ranch on Dory Hill Road, a few miles from Black Hawk. Herbert and Clark tried to arrest the brothers who were holed up in a nearby cabin. They encountered James Cramer on the first floor of the cabin. Thomas was up in a loft. As Constable Herbert headed to apprehend Thomas, James Cramer began beating Marshal Clark back with a club. Thomas Clamer shot at Herbert and Clark, injuring Herbert. Clark, however, was shot in the head and died. Constable Herbert did get a few shots off. Gilpin County Sheriff Grimes was the first on the scene, and James Cramer was arrested. But Thomas Cramer fled the scene on horseback and was never found. No one knows whether he escaped or if he had been shot and succumbed to his wounds somewhere in the woods. Clark was a real marshal with a normal life. He was 38 and left behind his wife Lucinda and a stepdaughter. Certainly not like the stories portrayed in westerns. The line of duty death of Black Hawk's first city marshal was buried in the pages of the local newspaper being published 155 years ago. 
The story lay hidden there until discovered by a local historian in the early 2000s. On May 13, 2009, the name of Robert A. Clark was added to the National Law Enforcement Monument in Washington, D.C. Blackhawk, now a hub of casinos and a thriving town, established a police department in 1990. Prior to that, the law enforcement duties fell mainly to marshals, actual, real-world humans living authentic lives and not those often inaccurate narratives of lawmen created by lore, exaggeration, music, art, TV, and movies. Until the next tale from the mountains. Listen in next time to the Mountain Ear Podcast for another mountain tale. I'm Marianne Rosen. Thank you for listening. it for our show. Subscribe online to get access to more news, weekly updates to our community calendar, and a link to our YouTube channel by visiting themountaineer.com. Be sure to use the coupon code PODCAST when subscribing for a 10% discount, only available to our listeners. I'm Dango Rose. Thank you for listening.